Welcome to episode 98 of The Local Meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. John. How you doing? Not bad. Chilling in your basement yet again. Yet again. <laughs> it's a good time. You know that. It's a good basement. It's cozy. It's not cold like my basement, which really? is very cold all the time. This basement's usually really cold. Yeah. I have a heat, that little heater that I run all the time because usually I'm freezing down here. Maybe it's just that we hung blankets everywhere and it's keeping things warm or something. Yeah. It's also, it's more confined than our basement, which is just a wide open thing. Yeah. So, like, it's easier for two bodies to warm up this little room, so. Yeah, I suppose. But... And as we already know, these lights will literally light everything on fire. Yeah. That was... Not literally, but dear God, they're hot. Oh, they would. They Like, if we left the stuff on them long enough, they would easily light stuff on fire. But, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a good time. So we're recording together again. It's been a long time. It feels like. I don't know if it actually has, but... It's been probably like a month and a half, if not two. Okay. It's been a while. Yeah. But I just missed the look of your face. I know. So, what's been happening? Uh, we watched wrestling. Yes, that was, that was sweet. Uh, caught up on a takeover that you missed. Yeah. And watched the Women's Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Which was probably not as big of a hit as Takeover, but Royal Rumble is probably the actual best pay per view. Like the actual Royal Rumble matches are probably the best pay per view matches every year because they're nothing but cool shit going on. Yeah, I suppose. Once you get over the fact that if you look, you know, if you watch around what's going on, you'll see like a bunch of people just like laying in corners. I mean, anytime you have more than two people in a ring, it's just people laying around in corners yeah like no matter what it is it's ridiculous but (laughs) i remember when we watched like the um i don't remember what exactly it was with that cage match where they had the two cages next to each other oh war games yeah war games like that one was literally like two people fighting and then like everyone else lying around in corners yeah i i'm not gonna lie i don't understand the appeal of war games it's fine there's there's a lot of things that do happen but it's it's just it's imbalanced. You know how everything's gonna play out before everyone gets in there, and it's just nothing but spots. I mean, it's, yeah, it's good because the wrestlers in it are good, but not because the match stipulation is good. Yeah, so. I agree. It's just, they're just like, oh, we're gonna do something air quotes cool. Like, yeah, and it's like, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, it's a cage match. Yeah, I don't know, I, like. You know, with the NXT card and stuff like that, they don't even have to do anything like that. It was still just good this time. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. As always. Yeah. And I, even though even though I was spoiled on most of the matches from watching Halftime Heat, like, yeah, it was still just <laughs> gas. Like, uh, then I, I didn't realize that your wife hadn't watched it with you, so I accidentally spoiled it for her, too. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry. But, yeah. It happens. Yeah, that so is when you watch a pay per view two months after it airs. I mean, yeah, like fair, like it's yeah. one of those things. It's like, yeah. if somebody spoils a movie for you that's like twenty years old. It's like yeah. that's your own fault, kind of. What do you mean? It was the name of his wagon or his sled. I have no idea what that's a reference to. Uh, Rosebud. I have no What's, idea. I don't remember what the actual is. movie was called. Basically, it was an old black and white movie. Spoiler: old black and white movie. <laughs> The dude died on his deathbed. His last word was Rosebud, and the entire movie was trying to figure out what the hell he was talking about, and it was literally his childhood sled. I don't know, man. Old movies are weird. (laughs) New movies are weird, too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Rosebud. Someone knows what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm like, what? (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. This is the track we were on, and this is where we now are. <laughs> people people can't see you waving your hands all over. <laughs> they understand the analogy. Uh, sure, okay. All right. But we, we were going to talk about things today, um, a lot of different things, just because we don't have a big thing. So yeah. <laughs> we're going to do a grab bag episode and just kind of talk about a few things that you know have been floating around that are either relatively recent news or stuff we just want to talk about in general but so um you'd mentioned that we totally forgot to do our pt picks last yep episode we didn't do our pt drafts uh for, just so everyone knows i will always call it the pro tour 
Yeah. I'm never going to call the Mythic Championship because PT is much easier to say than Mythic Championship, and MCE sounds weird. So, we didn't do our PT drafts. The PTs this weekend. Well, the top eight's already been announced, so you would have won because you would have picked LSV. Yeah, yeah I probably would have. again. <laughs> Because LSV top eight shit. Because LSV is LSV. LSV is super super good at magic. In case anyone didn't notice. Yeah. And then uh, other notable <laughs> things are Marcio Carvalho, who a lot of people are annoyed with that he does well because he was once uh, caught cheating mm-hmm. and got a suspension and is now on the top eight of Pro Tour. Uh, Reed Duke got another top eight, which is like his third or fourth, which probably locks him for a Hall of Fame. In- Thing. assuming the hall of fame even exists anymore because i know there's changes going on with the hall of fame huh. and then autumn burchett oh, who really? is the english national champion two years in a row and i believe the first trans female to ever top eight a pro tour so props to her yep props lots of sweet stuff and then a bunch four other people who i have no idea who the hell they are but i'm sure they're good at magic yeah. or really lucky i mean a little both I mean, <laughs> lsv's in the top eight again <laughs> <laughs> a lot of both. Yeah. <laughs> but he drew into top eight also. So oh really? That that's his luck, so who did he draw with? I have no idea. Some person. Yep. But whatever. I mean, yeah. It's I I love it watching so like it's cool when L S V makes top eight and it's cool when Finkel makes top eights. Yep. Like, because they're just yeah, I don't know. They're 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 literally the old guard, and they're showing they still have it, right? Yeah, that's that's a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that I really liked was Kibler posted a thing where he was like, you know, at one point I was actually dead even with LSV for a number of top eights, mm-hmm. and then I took a break from you know doing uh, magic and moved on to Hearthstone and all that stuff. And uh, ever since, LSV has now gained an advantage on me. But now that I came back, I just have to make up five top eights. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> wow. Wow. About LSV arguably being the second best match player of all time now. Yeah. that's And that's saying something. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, he's always been like, it's, it's like he was, you, by a lot of people, he ranks himself as third. He thinks PV is better than him. Yeah. Fair. Uh, he thinks Finkel is better than him. Fair. Fair. Yep, okay. <laughs> and okay he's always ranked himself right around third or fourth. Yeah. And he's getting to that point where he just, like, the thing is, LSV, when he top eights, it's sweet because it doesn't happen that often. Mm-hmm. And PV just gets, like, one a year. Yeah. Like, PV is just super consistent. Which is insane. Yeah, like. like yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I don't know. And Finkel's just Finkel. Yeah, Finkel is Finkel is like, well, I'm sorry, I'm managing a hedge fund. Then he just comes back out of nowhere, and he's like, I don't know, I really like this deck, and I top eight a pro tour with it. Don't mind me. Love it. Just Johnny Magic <laughs> doing my thing. Uh, yeah. <sighs> cool, but so yeah, at PT mythic whatever the hell it is happened <laughs> yep mythic championship mythic championship where was where was that now cleveland cleveland okay so something's happening in london that i'm we're supposed to talk about yep a trial of sorts as they say mm-hmm. a test so they announced this weekend or this week uh, i believe on wednesday maybe maybe mm-hmm. it was thursday um that they were going to do a, they're going to test a new mulligan rule. Uh, it's going to be called the London Mulligan. Dun, dun, dun. Shocking, I know. Uh, instead of a normal mulligan where you, you know, you like go to six, then five, then four, and then you scry one to try and set up your draw and try and make it more of a game of it, you always mulligan to seven. For each time you mulligan, you then take that many cards out of your hand, put it on the bottom of your library in any order, and then choose if you're going to keep that hand. This has led to a lot of people kind of flipping shit. <laughs> I, so here's the deal, though. Something changed in Magic. Yep. People flip shit. Yep. I remember when they first came up with the Vancouver Mulligan, which is the 
you know, Mulligan to X, Scry 1. Yep. They're like, oh, this is going to make combo decks so much more consistent. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Yep. You know what didn't happen? <laughs> that. That. It, it, probably made, it probably made them more consistent. Yep. But not enough. Nope. And now everyone's like, oh my god, this just makes, like, the dredge decks unbeatable and yada, yada, yada. Which, to be fair... This does definitely help a lot in Vintage Dredge. Yep. Because Vintage Dredge cares about one card. Yes. <laughs> they will mulligan to one to get that one card. Yes. This allows them to do so. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, they're... Just a little tangent along that topic. Someone was talking about that in a Twitch chat I was watching. He's like, well, this just means that now they don't have to run uh, Serum Powder. Now they can just, like, do their, you know, use that to mulligan instead. And then they can, like, main deck, uh, they can main deck answers to hate cards. Why? (laughs) To whoever, well, yeah, like, A, why are you main decking answers to hate cards? Because they're probably not main decking hate against you. Which, if they do, it's not that much, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't main deck rest in peace, usually, you, know, yeah. you have enough dead cards against shops. You don't want to main deck hate that doesn't hate out shops. Yeah. You main deck your shops hate. That's that's how vintage works, right? You accept the fact that you're going to lose game one against Dredge, and then you board in 13 cards to beat Dredge. Yep. But along the lines of that person, they're wrong. Yep. Because here's the thing, right? That Serum Powder still works really well with this Mulligan rule. Yes really really well because don't you just get like a free it's a free mulligan to what you already did so it's like oh no i mulligan to six and bottom one exile them reshuffle it in this also helps like those awkward hands where you have like three serum powders and no bizarre and you have to exile all of them you get to like put one of those those back on the bottom they have a chance of drawing them and continuing this free mulligan shenanigans right like (laughs) Like, it plays really well with this rule, and you still do it because Vintage Dredge cares about one one card. card. (laughs) Literally one card. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, minor tangent on that. People are wrong about Vintage Dredge. Yep. Because people are wrong. So, a lot of the thing people are saying is, like, the game one matchup against Dredge is going to be that much worse. Mm-hmm. The game one matchup against Dredge was already shit. Are, are we still just talking about Vintage Dredge? No, this okay. is modern. I'm we're, just making sure. Because like, people complaining about Vintage Dredge, it's like, that, that format's just so degenerate, it's like, yeah. who cares? I'm like, sorry, you're complaining about Vintage, where yeah. your opponent goes turn one, land, go, and you can kill them. Yes, yeah. Vintage <laughs> Dredge is broken on turns two and three. Yeah. Not turn one. Okay, but continue, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, but the biggest complaint I've seen is people saying Dredge is going to become too powerful because of this new mulligan rule. Because now Dredge can mulligan to a good hand, as it were. Because Dredge has an innate, has a very, very high fail rate. When Dredge is doing, is when Dredge is winning, it seems unbeatable. When Dredge is doing bad, it seems like it does nothing. That is literally Dredge, yep. in a nutshell, right? <laughs> it is highly inconsistent. And a lot of people are like, well, this just makes their game one matchup so much better. It's like, their game one matchup was already good. <laughs> like, if they're running at, like, 60% efficiency game one, you're probably losing because your deck is not tailored to beat yep. that shit. And then you board in 13 cards. And <laughs> <laughs> you board in 13 cards and beat them. And, like, and that's the thing. It's like, well, now they can just, like, you know, X combo deck and just mulligan to a good hand. I'm like, you can mulligan to your hate now easier. Yep. Like, it's easier to... You can... it's. If you play Leyline of the Void, dear yep. God, does this help you have Leyline of the Void? Yeah. Right? You can freely mulligan to like four, but you're looking yep. like, yeah, if you what, if you mulligan to four, you get to look at twenty-eight total cards between your mulligans to try and find all Leyline. It's not a hundred percent, but yeah. it's high. I mean that yeah, it increases the percentage a lot. And then you don't have those ridiculously awkward hands where you like your hand is like, you know, one land, two ley line of the void, and other cards that do nothing. So you're effectively on a mulligan to four, and you're just praying to God that your ley line actually does something. No, no, you just like pitch the unnecessary ley lines that you don't need and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, 
it's going to balance out more than people realize in regards to the decks that are resilience or not resilient the decks that you know you need hate cards against because they're really powerful because you could do mulligan to your hate cards just like they're mulliganing to a nuts draw as it were yeah all i mean i'm guessing the goal of it is to just reduce non-games like they've been that is 100 percent what it is yeah LSV literally tweeted today, or yesterday, he's like, I had this match where, you know, I'm pretty sure if we were going by the London mulligan rule, I actually would have won, because um, he mulliganed to five, kept a two-lander, and didn't see another, like, did not just didn't hit his third land in time, mm-hmm. and his hand was actually really, really good, and if he had been able to do the seven, he would have gotten to his other, he had gotten to a land sooner, he actually would have made a gamble, and he, he legit mm-hmm. thinks he would have won. Like, it was a non-game because he missed his land drops because he mulliganed to five. Even with the scry, it didn't do anything. Yeah. So, and you know, that is the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about it, segue, <laughs> is this is going to be a perfectly acceptable mulligan strategy in standard. Yeah. Standard doesn't have combo decks. Yeah. Right? Not really. I mean, there's very, very few. Yeah, if like, you want to call them that. Even. There is a combo deck which. Um, might have some, might actually comment on this uh, later. Might have a card banned after the pro tour. <laughs> uh yeah. Right next is Safe. We'll talk about it. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, might get so and like it's very easy to. Watsi has already shown they are willing to ban problematic combos in standard. So, mm-hmm. and they have play design, which keeps us from getting those combos in standard. So I think this is a perfectly good mulligan strategy in standard, and it's a perfectly good one in limited. Mm-hmm. The problem is you can't have different mulligan styles in different formats. It just doesn't work, yeah. right? You need to, you need things to be consistent, and that's just how it goes. So, like, they're going to test this in one of the most degenerate formats possible. I would argue modern is more degenerate than legacy. Yeah. Legacy is policed by Force of Will and Wasteland. Yep. Uh, we don't have those in modern. Yeah. Legacy feels more fair in a lot of ways, which is weird. It, it's really weird, because there's a lot more broken stuff. Yeah, I just think of my games playing that Grixis control deck against lands. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> I can't win this. I literally cannot do anything. <laughs> I'm going to hope you do nothing for 20 turns while I attack you with the Baleful Strix. Yep. Guess what doesn't ever work. Yep that but you know along those so the formats for the uh london pro tour are going to be modern as the constructed format Mm -hmm. and then the modern or the the london pro tour is literally the weekend of the Mm pre-release and it's going to be war of the spark draft love it the first this is like the second time they've ever done a pre-release pro tour they did it once before i don't remember who won what happened but i know they've done it at least once there are a lot of pros complaining about this i love this like i think this is just an awesome idea yeah like this is literally the antithesis of everything pros want oh yeah because pros don't like modern pro tours because mm-hmm. modern is a format where you can, there is no best deck. Yeah, modern. I don't. Uh, yeah, modern. I hate. So yeah. like whatever that the limited portion I like. Yeah, well, it's funny. Like modern, there's no best deck in modern. You can't just do that. You and you will literally run into matchups that you cannot ever win. Mm-hmm. And uh, pros hate that. Oh. Pros also hate formats that they can never test for. There's no testing for this format. Yep. For this limited format, when it is literally the pre-release. You cannot legally buy these products. Yep. Also along those lines, the modern is going to be modern with no War of the Spark cards legal for obvious reasons. I mean, that makes sense because technically yeah. it's still not legal because it has not released yet. Correct. As weird as that whole thing sounds. So there is literally, like, it's going to be the most anti-pro pro tour ever, which is hilarious. They're going to be testing out a new mulligan rule, which is sweet. This is just going to be insane. My biggest disappointment is I'm not going to be able to watch any of it because I'm going to be at pre-releases. <laughs> like, <coughs> I can't watch them when I'm at pre-releases. Like, I would be shocked if, like, viewership numbers on this is that high. 
Oh, yeah. Because you are going to lose a lot of people. Yeah, because they'll be playing Magic. Yeah, they're going to be playing Magic. Like, maybe you're going to draw in a lot of, like, the like the newer people you're getting in on Arena who play on Arena. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. Be. I don't really know how much uh, new Arena players uh, turn into new ma- new paper players. I'm sure they'll, they'll work out numbers with that over time. But... Yeah, like, I, I don't know the numbers. I'm not going to speculate on it. You know, like, there are going to be viewers. I'm going to watch it between rounds, obviously, because, duh. What else am I going to do? It seems sweet. Talk to people. Jeez. You got a pre-release? <laughs> yeah. Why would you do that? How dare I? Yeah. So, yeah. That is uh, Magic Champ- or Mythic Championship London. London. So, I really like the, the pre-release for- format for pros. Yeah. Because I think, honestly, it really shows who's good. Exactly. Like, like I think it's actually more... Like, it's... It really shows the people who have the skills with magic in yeah. general. Instead of, like, this is the person who put in the most time to learn the format, this is the person who is best at raw card evaluation yep. and just raw talent in regards to magic in general, yeah. which is exceptional. Yep. Uh, it's kind of awkward that that's going to be paired with the most Luxac format imaginable. <laughs> yes, this is true, but... Like, I'm not intentionally insulting modern. But I am. That's modern. <laughs> like, I modern is modern is the format where I most commonly lose to people who I consider to be strictly worse than me. Like, yes, that sounds egotistical, but it's true. <laughs> like, you just lose to jank and modern because you lost to jank and modern. You yep. lose to bad players in modern because they had the nut draw. Like that shit happens. So it's like the pros have to awkwardly leverage their skill in a the most variance-filled format. They just need to play unexpected results, and they got it locked down. Convince LSV to play that. It's a perfect deck for him. <laughs> just got to get can, lucky. See if he can get lucky. If you, you just <laughs> got to get lucky on, over and over again. <laughs> Turn two, Emrakul. Oh, yeah. Just got to do it. Uh, What, 20 games? Just to, to top it? Easy peasy. Also, I don't know if they're... I don't think they're going to do this, but they should totally have a top AP draft. Draft the new set. Yeah. Just... Why not? Why not? I'd agree, but... I, I severely dislike Modern, too, so... Yeah. Uh, like, not many people watch limited coverage, but it'll get eyes on the new set. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Whatever. They're... I, they probably shouldn't do it from a viewership perspective, but they should do it because, I don't know, modern top eights are modern top eights. Yeah, because modern sucks. And we Whatever. Watch it. You know, I don't know. People will freak out about something with it and shout and cry and complain or whatever because every time they have a modern pro tour, something goes awry. <laughs> we didn't get anything banned after the... Uh... 25th anniversary pro tour which had a modern portion i mean there were also two other formats with it It wasn't a modern pro tour i know i don't think we had anything banned from the modern pro tour before that because we had another modern pro tour within the last year didn't we? i don't recall neither do i i kind of ignore those i tend to forget what formats are what because you know i watch magic because i enjoy watching magic yeah i don't retain everything that i watch unless it's you know, for learning purposes. Fair. Even then, I should probably take more notes than I do, but I'm not that serious business. Yeah. Plus, I'm already awesome, so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and humble. Um, all right. No, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. <laughs> you want to talk about Nexus? Nexus of Fate. So, this... <laughs> This comes from Corey Baumeister, mm-hmm. brother of Brad Nelson. Mm-hmm. Uh, last Grand Prix, Corey Baumeister is playing Blue Green Nexus. Uh, fun fact: He didn't play Hydroid Crisis because, in his own words, the card's just bad <laughs> in that deck. Okay, to specify. Yep. Um. So he's playing Blue Green Nexus, and he is of the opinion. That with the whole Nexus banning in best of one, uh, they did that because they plan on banning it, period. 
They abandon in best of one to make it so the people who are going into the Mythic Invitational don't test it unnecessarily. Uh, they didn't want to ban it before the Pro Tour because pro to pros have obviously been testing Nexus, right? You don't want to have this big, you know, shakeup, you know, two weeks before the Pro Tour when people have been putting in a lot of time for testing it. Yeah. So he thinks that basically they abandoned a best of one as like an olive branch. They don't worry. We see it's a problem. We're going to do something about it. And then so they want people to not waste time testing it for the Mythic Invitational. And then once the Mythic Championship is done, they're just going to ban it just to get rid of the problem because um, the Nexus decks have been slowly putting up better and better numbers as time goes on. And once they're doing like what they're doing... It is obviously very, very unfun for new players. That is, you know, as Sean likes to point out all the time, one of the reasons why they banned Emrakul was because it was very unfun to play against, mm -hmm. which Nexus of Fate obviously does fall under that category. Um, and it is not conducive to a lot of things for how they're trying to build standard, and it is a safe ban. Right, it is only a buy a box promo. Yes, mm -hmm. you have the people who randomly dumped three hundred dollars into getting a playset because they wanted to play it. People can't see you pointing at yourself. <laughs> 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 the inflection was there. I didn't actually spend that. I don't think I I dropped a total of like two hundred dollars to get a playset of it. Okay, I wanted to play it, and then I didn't like the deck, and now they're just sitting in a box at home, and I don't care. Because that's how I feel about my magic collection. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, the people who went all in on it lose out, but it's like, it's still just a buy a box promo. You're not, ban you know, the worst thing about banning Rampaging for Ocidon is people could buy a standard legal pack and get a not standard legal card. Yeah. That is terrible. I mean, that's how bannings work yeah. traditionally but like okay. that's how banning that is how bannings work but it's a really big feel bad for like newer players and people like that right it's mm -hmm. as to where banning a buy a box promo is really no skin off your back the card is still played somewhat in modern and the card is good really good in commander who'd have thought <laughs> which is probably what the card was originally created for. yeah it was probably right? originally made for commander yeah you know cards like that aren't created you know the new buy a box promos are not created with um, uh, standard in mind normally because they don't want them to be that powerful. I could just use commander as another reason. I can just blame this on commander then. So yeah, you can. Sweet. I'm gonna throw commander under the bus even more. <laughs> Although I don't know if you've uh, heard about this, the impervious great worm has actually seen modern play. <laughs> what? Yeah. How? So there's a card called a Kragenwick Cremator. Okay. It's like a four mana five five or something insane like that. It's some weird shaman from Lorwyn. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, discard a card at random and deal damage equal. If it's it's either like if it's a I think it's if it's a creature, deal damage equal to its power to to your target opponent. Mm-hmm. So you discard the Imperious Great Worm and you nug your opponent for 16. I did this first. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes discarding good cards. Yep. But you'll note it's also a random effect. You discard a card at random. <laughs> so, cards to consider for unexpected results. Like, it just doesn't do anything otherwise. It's a 5-5 five, five, or a 4-4. Four, four. It's a relatively large-ish body. That's good if you ramp. Uh, maybe. Think about it. I don't know if it's better than Blast of Genius. Probably not. Probably not. But. Craig and Cremator. It's like five bucks. It spiked literally because of this deck. Oh, yeah. Really? I'm not surprised. <laughs> also, the name is sweet. Craig and Wick. Sure. I like the word Craig. I was say it's from Lorwyn, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I think, like I think it's like a giant, Lorwyn some card. really old ass or ugly ass looking giant. Mm -hmm. All right. So back to the topic that you were talking about. Is so is Nexus actually a problem? Define problem. No. Okay. 
as someone who owns a playset of Nexus, as someone who has played a Nexus deck, as someone who has lost two Nexus decks, I think it would I think it is ban worthy. That doesn't necessarily mean it should be banned. Okay. But if I had a say in the matter, I would vote yes. Just like as a quality of life improvement? As a quality of life improvement. Is this like the top ban kind of? No, because I disagreed with that one. <laughs> like, that, although it was banned for very similar reasons. Like, I... Things have to go very, very right for me to think a card is deserving of a ban. And a lot of that stems into what is the impact of banning this card? Mm-hmm. You know, people talk about it all the time. You can't ban Mishra's Workshop. Yep. Because you can't ban someone's $1,000 card. Yep. You can't ban Bazaar of Baghdad. You would literally kill the deck. Yeah. Straight up dead (laughs) or restrict sorry not ban i think the negative effects of nexus are there enough where banning it it would be a huge quality of life improvement for a lot of people i think the decks that play nexus are just as good without nexus without having the obnoxiousness of Nexus around. Like, the decks that play Nexus are Nexus of Gates, which is a horrendous name, and I think that is actually the worst version of the Gates deck. I think the non-Nexus Gates deck is actually better. Uh, There's the blue-green Nexus deck, which is more of a wilderness reclamation deck. Yep. And I think there are very good and fun wilderness reclamation decks that can be played that don't play Gates. Or, sorry, don't play Nexus. And I think that just... It's a buy a box promo. What are you really out? At this point, all of them are pro- all the boxes that came with one have probably already been bought. In, or, like, the stores that had them are probably out of them. The stores that aren't out of them... I don't know what they do with... They probably have a bunch of other promos just sitting around doing nothing, right? You know, it's just, it's just come to the point where, like... <laughs> The negative effects don't come anywhere close to outweighing the positive effects. Because the negative effects just aren't there. Right? Like, sure, you annoy the five people who actively enjoy being that guy. (laughs) I think there's a lot more people that enjoy being that guy. The 5% of people who enjoy being that guy. There's just a lot of people who are assholes. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like the Yu-Gi-Oh player that I ran into today. That's a that's a different story. I don't know if we want to get into that story. I don't either. Yu-Gi-Oh. There's a lot of really obnoxious Yu-Gi-Oh players. Okay. But so yeah, I mean like I play mostly best of one on arena. Yep. I'm okay with the band because the deck I play typically has a basically like negative twenty percent chance to win against. <laughs> You're literally playing for them to lose their power. <laughs> you need their power to go out for you so you can actually beat them. That's pretty much pretty much it. Like it's almost impossible for me to beat a control deck mm-hmm. unless it's a control deck that runs destroy target creature cards and I can loop grave diggers. It's the only way I can beat them. Um. So, like, it's just been pure quality of life for me, but I'm kind of, like, whatever about it, so I didn't even... Yeah, like, you've always been, like, you know, learn to adapt or I'm just I'm very anti-ban. Like, yeah. I am insane. I, like, as I said, like, the, you know, to put it in perspective how anti-ban I am, I'm still not convinced that Treasure Crew should have been banned in any format. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm basically just flat out wrong on that, but... <laughs> I still think I agree with you, at least in Legacy. I think Legacy could have dealt with it, but... I think Modern could have dealt with it, but people whine too much. People just like to cry. Yeah. Dear everyone, stop crying and deal with stuff. If Young Pyromancer is a good card in Modern, 
that's not a problem. <laughs> that's the modern I want to be living in to some <laughs> like, degree, but it's like, oh, I'm sorry that my two one that makes a bunch of one ones is too powerful. You know, the deck that that it sees playing is too powerful for you while you're making infinite unkillable three threes. <laughs> uh, I mean, the the biggest problem with treasure cruise in modern was burn played four colors. Yeah. That was literally the biggest problem and the most annoying thing. I still think those lists were garbage though, so Yeah. Don't play don't play draw spells in your burn decks. Although Although Light up the stage. Yep. I was gonna say I'm like Light up the stage. Light up the stage gets a pass because light up the stage <laughs> is at least mono red and costs one mana. Yes. You couldn't even cast the treasure cruise in the four color burn decks until like turn four or five, and at that point, you if you're playing burn, you're dead anyway. I mean, if it's modern and you're casting something on turn four or five, like what yeah. what game are you it playing? Better win you the game. Yeah. Like, I don't know. man, I really, really want to build that list that you sent from Peace Sully. That list is spicy. Oh man, you'll never play it ever, I but know. it's spicy. It's so all in, and I love that. Flame Rift. It's been so long since I've seen Flame Rift in a Legacy I Burn just deck. want to play Flame Rift. I love Flame Rift so much. I resisted taking that out of my deck for the longest time, even. Like, it, it is impressive that two cards ended up in a, in Legacy Burn deck, like, from one set. Well, he's still only testing it. Yeah. He said he was, what, seven and three between yeah. two leagues? I, obviously, I don't know how the div- those divided yeah. up, but it's like he was doing at least all right with them. Mm-hmm. But like burn is always at least all right. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're me, pretty sure I have won like one match ever with the legs the one I have the deck I have on Magic Online. Get good. I know. Whatever. <laughs> It's probably a good thing that I didn't win because if I did and I got hooked on playing Magic Online Legacy, I probably would have bought into Goblins back when Rashad and Ports were still like $150 a pop. <laughs> then I'd have three playsets of Rashad and Port, one of which is completely useless ones and zeros. I mean, not completely useless. Mostly useless. Okay, I'll allow it. But I'll stick with my two physical copies of Rashad and Port. Physical playsets? Yep. <laughs> not physical Sorry. copies you have more, more physical copies so, so here's the thing if I'm talking about a magic card and I say copy I mean playset because that is one copy of a card as far as I'm concerned <laughs> uh, I own a half a copy of Iona Shield of Ameria because I own two <laughs> I always refer to three cards I think as a legacy playset for a long time but Unless you're playing Burn, you're not wrong. Yeah. It's like a baker's dozen of cards. But... Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, shit. All right. So, actually, on the, on the whole Burn thing, one of the, like, random topics that we were talking about, and one of the things that just annoys the hell out of me is, like, I love that Burn list from P-Sully mm-hmm. because... As I said, it is just like, here's what we're doing, and we are going to do this one thing. And we are going to commit to this plan, and we're going to go for it. This is what we do. Yep. Not even playing any searing effects. Love it. If it, if it ain't going face, we ain't, we ain't doing anything. <laughs> like, it's just, we'll board in searing effects if we need them. <laughs> Actually, the one thing that I'm like, about is that it doesn't mean uh, prices also, though. Which is weird. Like, I kind of get it, because there's actually been an uptick lately of, like, two-color decks. Yeah. But even, like, those two-color decks still play a million goddamn... Like, they don't play yeah. basics. Well, like, when I'm gold fishing, I assume prices for damage, usually. Yep. And that's not always accurate, but, like... It's usually two two to four damage, yeah. from what I've seen. Like, sometimes you really get them, but, you know... Yeah, they have to be playing pretty sketchy to get more than like four yeah it's very rare that it's two yeah i don't know i think it's fairly 
sometimes. I think, pretty sure I was once really losing a match, and I managed to nug someone for eight with a price, which won me the game, but... That game went long. I always like that. <laughs> that was the one where I'm sitting, like, you know, with mine, and it's like I'm sitting waiting for my opponent to tap their wasteland so that, for something so that I can price him in response. But... <coughs> but I feel people have a problem in general committing to either committing to like the plan a deck has or like the plan they have in their game or whatever it is. Like some of it I get, like, you know, if you're playing a, a deck that's a bunch of good cards, you want to have a bunch of good cards that do lots of things. Mm-hmm. But like, how often do you see people who are playing a linear deck and they're like, oh, I'm going to put this card in there for this matchup you know like like you were talking about with the uh the dredge thing yeah like that's just infuriating to me like i'm gonna main deck these anti-hate cards so i can do this like i don't i don't know like i i just don't i don't get it i guess maybe i'm just one of those people that is willing to just dive headfirst into something like that and just be like Whatever happens, happens. Let's do it. I mean, we did build on expected results, which is pretty damn all in. <laughs> is unexpected results considered a linear deck? It it is right. I would. It say literally it has a game plan, and you never like you're never turning your Magus of the Vineyard sideways. It's an O two, right? Is it a one one? I or think an it's O2? a one one. Yeah, you're never turning. You're never turning it sideways. You could turn it Basically sideways. Basically, never. Like, I know I was once goldfishing the deck, and I started um, beaten. I started beating with noble hierarchs. Yep, so I had like I sometimes. had three in play, and I was like three, uh, three. Uh. Like basically, your opponent has to just have the wheels falling off the train for you to ever do anything besides hope you get a turn two, yeah. three, four, Emmer cool. Like I, I have had games where I'm like ramp up, hard cast blade steel, but. Those games are just so infrequent, and like, I, I I suppose the deck has the new out of cast unexpected or cast blast of genius. Yeah, I mean it's not impossible to get to six mana in a reasonable amount of time. No, I mean you can have four mana on turn two. <coughs> it's not that hard to get beyond that. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, you start dropping multiple maguses, then it gets really spicy. Of course, then your opponent's like, I'm going to play out everything, and I have good cards. And then it's like, oh, that's sad. But, mm. yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, I just will be, like, playing Arena and thinking this, I guess. I don't know, like, I'll be playing my mono-white one-drops deck or whatever, and, like, my opponent will have a deck that seems to be doing something, and then the, then something else will just happen off to the side. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, why why did you do this? It's like... Like that, I played it against that opponent that looked like they had a murder kill deck, also, mm-hmm. or that's just what I've referred to it. But like, you know, like they were playing a black white deck that was just like killing creatures, and that's what we were doing back and forth, back and forth. And like at one point, they discarded to something I don't remember if it was like an Eldest Reborn or whatever, but discarded a bankrupt in blood. And I'm like, how does that card even do anything in your deck? Like. I didn't see any tokens. I didn't see any, like, weird stuff. It's like, why do you even think this? Like, why are you deviating from this plan of, I'm going to kill all my opponent's creatures and play one good thing? <laughs> yeah. Especially with something like Bankrupt and Blood that requires such a steep cost. It's like, yeah, you get to draw cards, but it's like, are you worried about, like, Law Mage's bindings on your Chupacabras? Like, multiple? It's sack like two things, right? Yeah. 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 I, it's like... That's why I play Plaguecrafters to some degree. It's like I can final sacrifice my dumb Chupacabra with a Law Mage's binding on it. Yeah. And then you have a 3-2. Yep. Or I'll just leave it there and not care. Like, <laughs> you might as well just play a Mortify, but in white-blue. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but like even then, though, it's like, like those kind of things. Like, you're right. You do see it a lot in decks, like, especially on Arena, where like you'll run into like the mono white aggro deck, they're beat down, beat down. Yep. And you're like, you're racing and something like settle the wreckage. It's like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. To be fair, we did run that in Amazon Angels as a spicy one of. That was as a one of, and we were more of a mid range deck. That's true, actually. Yeah. Like that. That was another hedge to beat the black because the way that you lost against the 
green-black decks was usually a race. You both just yep. started turning things sideways. Yep. And you could get them, like my yeah. round one of the GP. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was there more as that. Like, you know, yep. it's we there were no one-drops in that deck. Yeah. That's we, true. You know, yeah, we had a bunch of two-drops, but, you, you know, our goal mm. was not to always be turning dude sideways. Yeah. Like, and that, you know, I was thinking that, too, because it's like I was playing, I, I you know, was playing my mono, my kill people deck, and I was like, I was like, do I have a settler in here? I'm like, why would I want to settle in here? I was really, like, I finally realized. But, like, like, I'm like, it just doesn't do anything. It's like, I'll just play my stupid Silverbeak Griffins, and, you know, whatever happens, happens, and hopefully I get under my opponent. But Yeah, like, that's all that matters, right? Like, if your opponent is racing you, you're probably losing anyways. I cast a, yeah, actually I was racing my opponent basically, or we had like a board stall, um, and I finally beat my opponent by casting the Lena Selfless Champion or whatever it is, mm-hmm. for 12. <laughs> One million tokens. With an inspiring commander in play. Seems solid. Yeah. I didn't, I also just decided <laughs> say, not to draw with Mentor of the Meek on that time. I say you didn't deck yourself? So. I, I was, I was like, I'm, I was really worried. I had to discard seven cards at the end of turn. <laughs> Oh my god. It was so good. I loved it. But yeah. But, you know, it's like but like I don't know. I I think people need to really think about committing like committing to what they what they're doing with their deck. Like I just I don't know. Yeah. This this and this is I'm assuming this is primarily from a deck building perspective More and not from a, a deck gameplay perspective. To some degree I think it is a gameplay perspective too because I think people I, obviously, there's the whole who's the beatdown thing and stuff like that, and knowing mm-hmm. when to change and everything and stuff like that. But I think people get scared a lot of times, too. Like, you know, there's been a number of games where it's like, you just have to go for it and hope that you top the deck the card you need or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the, you know, the one, I was talking about the one game where it's like, I'm beat. I, I was making attacks with, uh, you know, my Seraph of the Scales and stuff like that, and it's like, I'm just going to die if I don't get like them low enough or and rip exactly the right card that I need. And then I did. So, <laughs> but, but sometimes you don't. You just die, and that's and that's what it is. But I like. I, uh, I think I don't know. I think people just get scared when they see that, and they're like, "Nope, oh, got to keep my thing back and block and stuff." You can't take that life loss, even though I'm behind. You know, I'm behind and can't take the life loss. But the real out is that you need to draw your one of card in your deck, and that's the only way you can win. Yeah, that's actually something that I, along those lines the thing that I encountered the most is actually very common was back when I was playing um, the Kiki Evolution deck, i go turn one birds, and my bird opponent went turn one vulture bird. Mm-hmm. And I always was happy about that exchange. <laughs> yeah. Because while, yes, you killed my birds, so I'm not quite, you know, I am lower on mana and all that, you know, I can't do things as explosively... That bolting the bird probably bought me at least a turn. Oh, yeah. Right? And that's a turn more where I can play a Kitchen Finks, play a Huntmaster, play a Thrag Tusk. Yep. Like, yes, the bird allows me to cast these things <laughs> faster, but bolting the bird does almost the same thing. And if that bolt had gone face, you know, or if instead of bolting the bird, if you had gone, like, Goblin Guide and attacked, mm-hmm. right? Like, there are a lot of things where, like, just killing the bird turn one... If you're playing a hyperlinear deck, is probably actually wrong. Like, yeah. obviously, it depends on the makeup of your hand. There's a lot of considerations and stuff, like, but yeah, like don't get me wrong, it is a it is a very very complicated choice. Yeah, but it's it's a choice I've talked about with my friend Craig a lot, who only plays Burn in Modern. Yep, like he's only played Burn for years. Like he is the Burn player. Uh huh. You know, I've talked about him a lot before because, you know, like, you know, I'd like turn one bird go or turn one noble go. And he just like sits there and stares at it for a few seconds. I'm like, it's a really tough choice, isn't it? He's like, yep. And I know it might decide the game. <laughs> yep. And that's, that's what it is. Like, um, I feel the same way, like when I'm playing against Mono Red with like my murder kill deck or something. It's like I play some dumb creature out or whatever. And they're like, they like bolt the creature instead of me. And I'm yeah. like yes like i'm like not we, my face <laughs> like, we have done it actually yeah. <coughs> i was playing against a burn player the other day i played my um uh i had my immortal sun out mm-hmm. and then had a stroke partway through the game and played my Karn out and i was like oh crap i can't use this i'm like whatever just pass yep my opponent spends two burn spells to kill my Karn. 
And I'm like, victory? Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Like, <laughs> uh, it was just one of those things that's so good. But You hit that Nambo with more frequency than I would have considering thought. Considering they're both one-ofs. Yep. Like, it's absurd. Uh, but, I don't know. It's, Karn is better than Arcane Encyclopedia, though, so yeah. we'll take it. <laughs> yes. Sometimes. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I mean, against, like, a control deck, it's possible Arcane Encyclopedia is better. Because they probably have Raska's Contempts and shenanigans like that. I suppose, but I could spend six mana to draw a card, or I could spend four mana to get a card. Yeah. You know, that's the worst of two, but still. I think it's still pretty legit. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I there, there, there is legit argument for Arcane Encyclopedia, which is the insane thing. I know. <laughs> uh, that card could be so good or so bad. Yep. And it was, it was one or the other. It was never like, ah, oh, this is fine. It was yep. always like, oh my god, I'm so glad I saw Arcane Encyclopedia. Or it's like, oh my god, I wish this was anything else in the entire deck. I wish this was a goddamn one one with death touch because I'm dying. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. But I'm gonna I'm gonna keep Karn though. He does his job. So okay. All right. I have one thing. Last, uh, one last thing I was gonna talk about. Um. And you, you smugly had no idea what I was talking about because <laughs> you're a dick. Yep. So, I feel like I, I feel like I'm coming out of it now, but I was I feel like I was in a hell of a slump there for a while. Mm -hmm. Like, just nothing went right, and I could just not win games. And I, I, some of it was I was playing poorly too, and I know that. But man, like it to was, be fair, you yeah. have had one hell of a last couple weeks. It's been. It's been a rough couple weeks, we'll be honest. Although I did have my 90-day review on my job. Eh? And, my, and my director, the director was super happy with me, so that was good. <laughs> so I'll take that. Well, you haven't killed anyone for being an idiot yet, so thumbs up. Yeah. But he's also not the kind of person that's just, like, going to pat you on the back for no reason, so... Mm. It actually was like, this is good, because like, I felt like I was not doing well for a while there, so... That's part of any thing where you always have like some weird imposter syndrome style thing going on. Oh yeah, but it is what it is. But yeah, like just yeah, magic wise, like on arena, but like I, man, it was rough there for a while. Like, getting my my one win to get my two hundred fifty gold was just almost impossible. Like no matter what deck I was playing, mm -hmm. and like the last couple of days, like maybe because I'm finally like calm down or something like that it's been feeling better or maybe i've just been getting luckier or something like that but you know i have been able to win games and stuff but like man that was psychologically damaging for a while there i don't know like do you, you know i was gonna ask you if you have anything you do to deal with stuff like this but you're just like gosh i wonder what that's like <laughs> It has been a long time since I have gone into what I would refer to as a slump. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm I'm not even just being, like, an egotistical ass in this regard. Like, just straight up, like, it has been probably well over a year at least, mm -hmm. right? And I think part of that is just, like, my... It has literally come down to, like, my mental approach of things, right? Where it's like, yep. I'm not going i don't even go into game days anymore with the with like the thing is like i have to win this because i want the play mat mm -hmm. right i mean i do if it's a play mat that i really really want in which case i will dedicate my entire weekends to getting said play mat <laughs> but it's like a lot of the time it's just like i'm just playing because i just want to play at this point right yeah you know like i'm playing to prove i'm better i'm not playing to win yeah i mean like i feel like i have a pretty good like mental game in general with it and stuff like that like you know I'm not playing to prove to anyone that I'm better or anything like that. I'm playing, you know, I play completely for myself, and the only person that I care, you know, really care about is me with the whole thing. Yeah. But, and, 
but I think I think your issue literally <laughs> might have just been like the mental exhaustion of your all your weeks culminating. That could be like it. it's just like, and like you said, like it does get damaging on your psyche when you when you're yeah. having trouble because like you're already not fully there. Mm-hmm. Let's be completely honest. Oh yeah, like yeah. you're not fully there. You're going to and then as a result of that, you're going to start doing worse, and then you're going to get like start focusing on the fact you're doing worse, which will make you worse. Yeah, that's true. Like, like, you know, and when it's like, I think also it's like the one goal I have is it's like, all right, I just need to finish my effing daily, yeah. win my first one and just, get my 250. I don't, even the need the, I don't even need the hundreds after that. I just no. need my, my, my 250 and I'm out. And like, uh, yeah, I don't know. And like part of it too is the draft format was uh, Guilds of Ravnica, which I am terrible at. Um, and went 0-3 and, and easy. Just four swords um, off. No, not Ravnica Allegiance. Oh, I know. Guilds I heard Ravnica. you the right the first time. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wish. Um. <laughs> I actually I saw some I saw a tweet from someone a few days ago where someone made a joke of or or LSV was talking about how they've reached the point in their limited meeting where they're talking about the viability of Demir in Ravnica Allegiance. Jeez. And a guy posted a thing, he's like, I five O'd with this draft on Magic Online and he straight up drafted Demir. Really? It's like <laughs> huh. I don't think Orzov would be good in Ravnica Allegiance. Though. I don't or, think not, so either. I'm sorry, not in, Rav- uh, in Guilds of Ravnica. I agree. the The white cards are just the white and black cards just do not play well together. No, and I don't think either of them are great. No, blue is the best color in that format, straight up. Yeah. You know. Um, but like, yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah, like the black cards aren't great, but the blue black cards are great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like that's the that's the problem is is like you just want to be playing that stuff, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I did. Like it's kind of I thought it was kind of funny that um, you mentioned the fact that you were like in a slump, but then when we got finally got the three way call going between you, me, and Russ, like you actually started winning. Really, I felt like I was doing like. Eh. No, you. I think you won like three games and lost one. Uh, maybe. I don't like know. I think you actually were doing relatively okay. I took a work call partway through it, so I was yeah, like, which didn't help. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like I think you were actually doing good. I think that was. I think that was because you know you were just like relaxing more because you were socializing with people. Maybe that's what it was. Like locking yeah. myself down here in the basement and just grinding out games is. Yeah. You know, not not super great. Yeah, you know, like you're. Yeah, like when you're doing it just by yourself, you're grinding <laughs> it as a chore. When you're doing it while like babbling to me, you're just hanging out with someone. Right? Yeah, and that is way more fun. And plus, also I have your brain, which really helps. Yeah, <laughs> as we've said, if it was your brain and my luck, we'd be doing pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, okay. Well, yeah. Moral of the story: to get through st- slumps, stop caring. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really don't know. like. You know, I'm obviously someone who does care about doing well in Magic. Yeah. But I've finally taught myself to not care about winning in Magic. Like, and I think that has also helped a lot with me getting really, really salty about having, like, mana issues. Mm -hmm. Um, Except against certain people, which I think that's more the people. Yeah. But, you know, it's like... I've slowly started becoming... Coming to the point where, like, I no longer play Magic to prove something... Because at this point, everyone who I play magic with or against, they know how goddamn good I am. <laughs> like, and the people who don't, I'm never going to convince anyways. Because yeah. they don't like me for other reasons, right? Like, yeah. you know, I have achieved the respect from the people I want to respect me. And, you know, Whatever. I play to win because that's how I play. I still think I'm one of the best people at the store, and anyone who disagrees with that, look at themselves in the mirror. It's not my problem anymore. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, got, I got the records to prove it. Just saying. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> of course, I'm not playing to prove anything either, no. but... Also, you definitely beat me out on, you know, succeeding at life things, so. Take what you get. I'll take what I can get. Different victories. All right. Anything else you want to hit on? Nope. That's, I think that's it. Cool. We can wrap it up. Um, If you want to shoot us some feedback, send us an email to thelocalmeta at gmail.com. Catch us on Twitter at thelocalmetapc. 
You can uh, check out the site, thelogometer.com, for everything here. And I don't know what John's laughing at, but whatever. And we will catch you next time. See ya. (laughs) 